0: here now broadcasting from the underground command post deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building we've once again made contact with our leader mark
1: levin
2: it's larry o'connor sitting in for the great one mark levin tonight mark is out i am in and you better buckle up because boy have i got a lot on my mind Ready to let it all out. We're going to talk about Ilhan Omar, Eric Swalwell, Adam Schiff. We're going to talk about Biden and Merrick Garland and the corrupt Justice Department's latest victim who actually ended up victorious. We're also going to talk about a law making its way through the process in Virginia that would actually make it illegal for schools to withhold personal information of a sexual nature, gender identity information from parents. Why we even need a law that says that is an abomination. But we're going to tell you about that law. It should be repeated in every single state of the union. Uh, We got plenty to say and plenty to talk about tonight. If you want to be a part of that conversation, boy, would I love to hear from you at 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Mark is out tonight. And trust me, I'm just as sad as you are because I... I love Mark Levin. <laughs> I love Mark Levin, and I love listening to Mark Levin's show every single night. So I know that moment. When you're ready, you hear that music, and it's exciting, and then it's somebody other than Mark. But I assure you, it's going to be worth your while. Uh, by way of introduction, if you don't remember, my name's Larry O'Connor. I'm the morning host on WMAL, on um, the same network that Mark Levin broadcasts. In fact, when Mark is living in his home in Northern Virginia, I'm his morning guy. He wakes up with me. Don't tell his wife. It's a long story. And I'm glad you're here to uh, be a part of tonight's extravaganza. Uh, Let's get to the Justice Department. Let's get to this corrupt enterprise that Merrick Garland and Joe Biden are in charge of. You remember how all through the Trump presidency, we said that if the Justice Department and the FBI could abuse their power and violate the rights of the president of the United States, they could do it to anyone. Remember that? Remember, we we always say, if they can do this to Trump, they can do it to anyone. Well, I want you to meet Mr. Mark Houck. I know Mark mentioned this yesterday on the show because yesterday Mark Houck was in the news. He was acquitted. He was acquitted in federal court from charges that should, should have never been brought. The law was used as a weapon against an innocent American citizen. Thankfully, yesterday justice prevailed sadly you and i both know that that seems to be the exception these days when it comes to the federal court system and specifically this justice department under merrick garland and joe biden but make no mistake it was only a little bit better under donald trump what did mark hauck do mark hauck was praying he was praying in front of a Planned parenthood abortion factory in philadelphia And this happened, by the way, in 2021. The timeline's important here. It happened a long time ago. 2021. Now, he was standing on a city sidewalk with his 12-year-old son. They were minding their own business. They had every right to be where they were. And I want to reiterate, they were praying. And then an incident occurred that made him the victim of one of the grossest abuses of power in the Department of Justice history. Now I know that coming off the obscene Russian collusion hoax and the FBI's continued investigation of parents as domestic terrorists for complaining to their local school boards, I know that the idea that we could see an even more blatant abuse of power and government intimidation against an innocent American citizen, that would normally be unthinkable. But sadly, this is where we find ourselves you see while mr hauck was praying on a city sidewalk a volunteer for planned parenthood named bruce love his name is bruce love he went out of his way to get in mr hauck's face and disrupt him and agitate him while he was standing there with his 12 year old son praying for the lost souls contemplating ending their unborn baby's lives This guy, this Planned Parenthood volunteer, went and disrupted Mr. Hauk. He approached him, and again, his 12-year-old son was there. He began verbally berating him. This is on a public sidewalk. While Mr. Hauk was exercising his First Amendment right to free speech, and oh, by the way, his First Amendment right to freely practice his religion. And after being berated and berated by Mr. Love with vile, despicable, unrepeatable vitriol, it was said in the courtroom, and Mr. Hauk has said, but I can't say it on the air. I can't say the things that this guy said in Mr. Hauk's face in front of his son. So what did Mr. Hauk do? He did what any father would do as their son was exposed to this verbal abuse. He merely extended both of his arms against Mr. Love's torso to clear him away from his personal space. At that moment, Mr. Bruce Love executed a flop to the sidewalk reminiscent of LeBron James drawing a charging foul in an NBA final. It was one of the greatest pieces of acting. It's too bad the Oscar nominations have already come out. Because God knows those cretins in Hollywood would have given this guy, the Planned Parenthood guy, a trophy. I I kid you not. Hauk and the video is out there. Thank uh, Sean Hannity ran this last night on Fox News Channel, and you'll see the video. This guy went out of his way to get in Hauk's face, who was standing there praying, minding his own business. Hauk merely extended his arms at this guy's torso, and the next thing you know, he falls flat on his "ask me no questions" right there in the sidewalk, and that was it. That so-called physical assault literally became a federal case under Joe Biden and Merrick Garland's rogue Justice Department. And you have to understand something. The, the, the arrest of Mr. Houck, it happened in October. By the way, I told you timeline was important. This happened in 2021. October of 2022, one month before the midterm elections, and last I checked, Pennsylvania was an important state in the Senate races there. One month before Election Day, in October, armed FBI agents with guns drawn stormed Mr. Houck's home and arrested him at gunpoint in front of his seven children. This is after Mr. Houck was aware that he was under federal investigation and his attorneys told the Justice Department that he would peacefully turn himself in. But no. Biden and Merrick Garland and their contemptible political party Needed headlines, needed to motivate the voters, needed to let everybody in Pennsylvania know that Roe v. Wade may be gone, but we're going to use the FBI and the Justice Department to get these pro-lifers. And that's what they did. Now, in case you think I'm leaving something out, in case you're like, wait a minute, what happened? Was there an edit here? Uh, did, did the signal go down? Did Larry like skip an important part of the story? No, 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 no. You didn't miss anything. The entire incident that led to an armed raid on Mark Houck's home was nothing more than a schoolyard shove. And to understand how incredibly corrupt Biden's Justice Department is in this case, here's something for you to contemplate. The Philadelphia Police Department refused to press charges in this case. Remember how I told you the timeline's important? Remember, this happened in 2021. The FBI raid didn't happen until October 2022. What happened in the meantime? The Philadelphia Police Department and the district attorneys, they looked at this case. Love tries to get physical assault charges levied against this deadly assailant. And the cops and the DA laugh him out of the room. They say, are you kidding me? This is Philadelphia. You see worse than that in the upper deck of an Eagles game. Trust me, I've been there. There was no crime. But that doesn't matter to Joe Biden and Merrick Garland. They had to appease their bloodthirsty pro-abortion funding base. So what do they do? They dispatch the FBI. And let me just say something because I hear it all the time oh stop stop painting with a broad brush there are really good men and women in the FBI well where are they right now because now is the time to speak Now's the time to stand up and say I can't believe we're being used like this I can't believe we're being used as the armed police for this left wing political nightmare that's the Biden administration and the Garland Justice Department because that's exactly how they were used in this case They went after a father of seven whose crime was to pray in front of an abortion clinic and push a guy out of the way of he and his son. And until the FBI, until members, the good, fine, upstanding members of the FBI stand up and scream bloody murder about how they are allowing themselves to be disparaged, how their leadership is disparaging them by using them like this, then I'm sorry, your silence equals compliance. So the FBI is dispatched and Hauk now uh, faces federal charges in a warped and distorted interpretation of a thing called the FACE Act. Now, what is the FACE Act? This was a law that was put in place in the 90s after a, a, a series, really a handful of violent incidents Where pro-life, there were extreme pro-life protesters in the early 90s. You remember there were a couple of abortion, I don't want to call them doctors, abortion uh, technicians, let's say. Abortion providers were were killed. And uh, some abortion clinics were vandalized. You know, the same way that pro-life pregnancy centers are being vandalized right now. And the FBI is doing nothing about that, too. So this happened in the nineties and a bipartisan bill was passed. It was signed into law by Bill Clinton. And what it does is it, it basically makes it illegal for a pro-life protester to physically disrupt any individual trying to obtain an abortion or go into the abortion center to get information or to disrupt the abortion provider from executing their very ghoulish work. Uh, let me just explain how this law is, is so warped already. The face act. If, uh um, If I were sitting down and blocking the entrance to a building where there was an abortion mill and in that same building is a medical lab doing tests on puppies. And sitting right next to me was a was a uh, animal activist, animal rights activist, sitting down right next to me, blocking the exact same door to keep people from going into the exact same building that housed a lab doing medical experiments on puppies and an abortion factory. Cops would come and arrest me for blocking that door, but they couldn't touch the person blocking the door protecting the puppies. Protect an unborn baby, you're a federal criminal. Protect a puppy, go with God. And I don't want anything to happen to puppies. That's not my point, and you know that. That's what the FACE Act is. But let me tell you something. Every single, every single elected official, maybe with the exception of Nancy Pelosi, back in the 90s, who voted for this, the president of the United States, Bill Clinton, who signed it, they never dreamed that it would be used in this way, against Mark Houck, in this manner. It is a complete and total bastardization of what the FACE Act was meant to be. And how do I know for sure? How can I prove it? Clinton never used it this way. Barack Obama never used it this way. It took Joe Biden and Merrick Garland to do so. So what happened to Mark Houck after the FBI stormed into his home and took him away at gunpoint, traumatizing his seven children? What happened in court yesterday when a jury came in unanimously and acquitted him? We'll tell you about that in a moment. And we'll tell you about what the real lesson here is. Because you know what? This has nothing to do with Mark Hauk, And it has nothing to do with the FACE Act. And it it really doesn't have anything to do with abortion. As usual, it has to do with you. It has to do with shutting you up. It has to do with silencing you. It has to do with criminalizing you for the crime of being conservative. I'll tell you all about that in a minute. I'm Larry O'Connor. I'm in for Mark Levin.
3: Mark Levin. If you've saved at least $100,000 for retirement, Augusta Precious Metals could help you protect it with a gold IRA. What makes Augusta Precious Metals different? They'll tell you not to buy a gold IRA if it's not right for you. No pressure, just facts. Retirees have it worse because there's no time to catch up when the value of what you've saved for decades is crashing. But you can protect yourself with physical gold from Augusta Precious Metals. If you have at least $100,000 saved in your IRA or your 401k, please call my friends at Augusta Precious Metals today. They'll send you a free gold IRA guide. Call 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Tell them I sent you and they'll pay all your fees for up to 10 years. That's eight seven seven four gold ira Consult with your financial professional before making an investment decision, and visit AugustaPreciousMetals.com for risk disclosures.
2: Yeah, Mark Houck arrested for the FACE Act by Merrick Garland and Joe Biden and the DOJ there that they control. Any proper reading of the FACE Act would tell you that nothing that Mark Houck did came anywhere close to a violation of that law. But it doesn't matter. You see, as I said, Clinton never applied it this way. Obama never applied it this way. It took Biden. But here's why. Because of the Dobbs decision. Roe v. Wade is gone, and so Biden and Garland need to signal to their cash cows there in the pro-abortion world that it's war. It's a war against you. It's a war against you for daring to disagree with the morality and legality of killing an unborn child. And this is what Joe Biden and Merrick Garland's Justice Department has turned into. You see, the FBI armed raid and the federal prosecution of Mark Houck was never really about the law or the truth or justice. It's about scaring the hell out of you. The Justice Department at this point in so many people's eyes is seen nothing more than just a tool of intimidation and persecution meant to terrorize everyday American citizens from exercising their constitutional rights if those activities happen to disrupt the far-left agenda spearheaded by Biden- and his party you want to stand in front of an abortion mill and pray the rosary you better lawyer up pal and be ready for your children to be traumatized by an early morning arrest at gunpoint that's what you deserve because you're on the wrong side of that issue you want to show up at a school board meeting and challenge your elected officials for their horrific policies and endangering your children you're going to be investigated like the terrorist you are See, here's the thing. Not everyone in this country has the wherewithal to get civically engaged. Not not everybody has the courage to stand up and speak out. Not everybody has it in them to push back against a local state or federal government that no longer represents their constitutional rights. But if you are that person, if you dare to stand up and protect the unborn by quietly praying, if you show up on a Tuesday night in the dead of winter to engage your school board on your child's education, if you're that guy. Joe Biden and Merrick Garland see you as a problem. No, I'm sorry. They see you as a criminal. Yeah, they sure violated President Trump's civil rights with their despicable fake collusion investigation. And you better believe they can do it to you, too. Jim Jordan, the Judiciary Committee over in the House, they've begun this investigative subcommittee on the weaponization of the federal government and the weaponization of the Justice Department and the FBI against us, against you, against me, against American citizens. Mark Houck better become the star witness. He's exhibit A of everything that's gone wrong here. Do you care about this? Do you recognize what they've done? Is it working on you? Are you intimidated? If you said, yeah, it's not worth it, I won't get involved. I'm not going to go door to door for that candidate or for that cause. Is it working? I doubt it is, because you're listening to The Mark Levin Show. So let's hear it. Let them hear you right now. 877-381-3811.
3: If you've saved at least $100,000 for retirement, Augusta Precious Metals could help you protect it with a gold IRA. What makes Augusta Precious Metals different? They'll tell you not to buy a gold IRA if it's not right for you. No pressure, just facts. Retirees have it worse because there's no time to catch up when the value of what you've saved for decades is crashing. But you can protect yourself with physical gold from Augusta Precious Metals. If you have at least $100,000 saved in your IRA or your 401k, please call my friends at Augusta Precious Metals today. They'll send you a free gold IRA guide. Call 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Tell them I sent you and they'll pay all your fees for up to 10 years. That's 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Consult with your financial professional before making an investment decision and visit AugustaPreciousMetals.com for risk disclosures.
4: You've heard of Lady
5: Liberty? Well, this is Mr. Liberty, The Mark Levin
0: Show. Call him now at 877 381
2: Larry O'Connor in for Mark Levin today. Just talking about Mark Houck, his acquittal. Yes, a grand jury acquitted him unanimously, sent a huge, huge message. They saw the video. They saw the video that we all saw on Hannity last night. By the way, where, is that, where was that video? Everything leaks from this Justice Department except things that actually show innocent people to be innocent. We get all these anonymous leaks from the Justice Department and the FBI all the time. And like, oh, yeah! trouble, the walls are closing in on Donald Trump. The walls are all Russian collusion, Russian collusion. By yeah, and then, then, then it never ends up being true. That that's the crap that leaks. But we didn't see this video until yesterday. After after, the the jury exonerated Mr. Hauck. They saw this confrontation. one would be mocked or derided to suggest that any of this falls under the Face Act, and that's exactly what the jury did yesterday. To the federal prosecutors who should be embarrassed and ashamed the feds were spanked by this jury by providing this full unambiguous victory for mr hauck and for truth and for justice and for the way things are supposed to go in this country and i just mentioned jim jordan uh, who does a great job on the judiciary committee in this subcommittee and yes mr hauck needs to be the uh, witness but don't don't stop there The subpoenas should already have been sent. If they weren't sent already, you guys are a day late. The subpoenas need to show up at the door of Merrick Garland and Christopher Ray tomorrow. We want everything. We want every document. We want every internal correspondence. This trial is over, okay? There, nothing needs to be withheld, full transparency, and nothing needs to be redacted. No state secrets here, no spy stuff. No national security, no methods and sources crap that we hear from the FBI. They're not spies, okay? The FBI are cops. And they, they, they love acting like they're the CIA. Oh, we, we got to redact that. We got to redact that. National security, national security. Well, this ain't national security. This is a domestic situation. The trial is over. There's no reason why we can't see everything. And I mean everything. And that House Judiciary Committee, the subpoena should have already been sent. We want every email. We want every document. We want every note from every meeting, from every interview. We want every correspondence between the White House and the Justice Department about this case. I want everything that came from Capitol Hill about this case, from Nancy Pelosi's office, from Chuck Schumer's office. I want any correspondence that happened between the Justice Department and the FBI and Planned Parenthood about this case we want to see it all and we have every right to see it all, no one's privacy is being invaded here there's no national security concern there's no reason to redact one letter, one syllable one one apostrophe we should see it all and then we got to do away with the FACE Act I saw Congressman Chip Roy who is a great congressman from Texas And he's going to make a great senator when he's ready to run. I saw that he came out yesterday and said, if this is how the FACE Act is being uh, employed and used by the Justice Department, then it's time to do away with the FACE Act. And that's absolutely right. Every every member of Congress should do that whenever an agency, when part of the executive branch meant to execute the laws, whenever they take their laws and they twist it into a pretzel. Like Title IX, by the way. Being used to allow men to compete against women in sports. Now that Title IX is being warped by the Biden administration, they got to rewrite Title IX or just do away with it. But it's meaningless anyway. If the whole purpose of Title IX, which was supposed to protect women and women's sports, is being used to exclude women and allow for men to compete against women, then there's no reason for Title IX anymore. Get away with it. Do it. Do away with. Shred it. That's what every member of Congress should do every time they see an administration take their laws and bastardize them. All right, I've had enough to say. It's time for you eight seven seven three eight one. I mean, I don't have enough to say. I got plenty more to say until the program's up. What do we got? Two hours and twenty minutes. But who's counting? I got plenty more to say. But I do want to hear from you. 8773813811. Oh, look at this. Antoinette is in my old stomping grounds, Orange County. Antoinette, I graduated from Corona Del Mar High School right there in Newport Beach. How are you, Antoinette? You're on the Mark Levin show. <laughs>
4: Thank you, Larry. That is so amazing. You're an Orange County boy. Wow. Actually, I was born and raised in uh, Central LA, born in East LA, but I eventually got to Orange County. (laughs) Listen, there is a group that uh, I'm involved in. We're called I am the number four, the voiceless. And we just finished three years doing this. We started in January of 2020. And we continue in Santa Ana, which is in Orange County, and uh, Tustin Orange, and Mission Viejo. Darling, Antoinette, I
2: just want to make sure everybody knows, when you say we are doing this and have been doing this for years, you mean praying in front of abortion clinics?
4: Yes, sir. Yes.
2: Okay. I just want to make sure everyone understands that. Okay, keep going. I want to hear about your group.
4: So we have been there on the front lines. People will, this last year though, even though Proposition One in California was passed after road versus ways that they're into killing babies here in Southern California, big time, all of the state of California, a couple of things. In the group that I'm involved with, I am the number four, the voiceless. Yes, we pray. We have our signs, and we also give, when the women are leaving, we have a little gift bag that has a Bible, other alternatives other than getting the abortion, and we pray for them right in front. We don't block the driveway or anything like that, but here's the good news. Every year since January of 2020, usually the security guards call the police on us, and then we talk to the police and whatnot. But between Mission Viejo, Santa Ana, Tustin Orange, they've changed. They don't call the police anymore. This year, uh, last year, we've noticed it's been more positive. We've been praying for the security guards to leave that place and, and get another job. But definitely the response we've we've had is, is becoming better, even though the state of California, the budget is so bad in the state of California. Guess what yeah. happened? Governor yeah. Newsom did not sign that bill to pay for travel to California, to pay for those abortions or pay those clinics that do the abortions, because they're kind of out of money right now.
2: So- yeah, yeah, well, listen, that's never stopped a Democrat before Antoinette, but you're right. I mean, listen, I, I love that. And thank you for bringing a positive side to this, that you're actually changing hearts. That's what prayer can do. But be on the lookout because it's not even about calling the local cops anymore. They're, they're trying to they're weaponizing the FBI. And, and you got to watch your back, Antoinette. Um, and, and good luck to you. Thank you for telling us your story and about your organization. And see, it's groups like that that are the enemy. They, they think about that. It's groups like Antoinette's who are seen as an existential threat by people like Kamala Harris and Gavin Newsom. And, yeah, Joe Biden, if, if he's even aware of what's going on. All right. How about uh, Jim? clearfield utah jim you're next up on the mark levin show i'm larry o'connor hey
0: thank you for taking my call larry yes sir i uh, i have two friends who are off gridders who have been contacted by the fbi they're being investigated for un-american activities because they declined to pay for miles and miles of electrical uh lines to come to their homes I find that very interesting.
2: Hold on. They actually use the term un-American activities?
6: Yes.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, what's funny about that is the House Un-American uh, Activities Committee would never dream of the kind of stuff that we're seeing right now from that era. And they're, and they're actually using the uh, – well, That's again, Jim, listen, I don't know the details of it, and I don't want to go too far into it. I appreciate the call. But the fact that the FBI is using the term un-American activities – should put a chill up every uh, every George Orwell fan's spine. All right, how about Tammy in Georgia? Tammy, you're next up on the Mark Levin Show. I'm Larry O'Connor.
0: Hi, Larry. Thanks for taking my call. Yes,
6: ma'am.
0: Um, I I want to stand up. I want to stand up against the DOJ too. Um, there 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 are so many stories out there of people being wrongly accused of things that are under the constitution like uh the first amendment of uh, free speech and and all that um and i decided and and i'm a small person um i i don't have a lot of money so i couldn't ex- i couldn't uh splurge but i decided that i was going to support that man that got kicked out of the mall of america for wearing a jesus saves shirt and i bought oh, yeah. a bunch of those shirts and i'm just i'm just sending them to my friends and, you know, some of my friends are like, well, we want to pay you. No, no, this isn't about money. This is about the fight to save our country.
7: Hmm.
0: Um, so I just wanted to say, you know, there's so many uh, situations out there like that where they're, they're trying to, to do away with the Constitution. And we have to, we have to stand for that.
2: Listen, uh, Tammy, you're 100 percent right, and I just I just want to correct one thing you said there because you said something, but I'm I'm just I'm I'm a little person. I think you said was the the phrase you used, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you ever hear of Thomas Paine? Thomas Paine was a, a very very unimportant individual, if you think of, compared to Ben Franklin, compared to George Washington, compared to Thomas Jefferson. He didn't have the education they had. He, they didn't have the eloquence they had. He didn't have the, the years of education or training that they had. It, 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 he wasn't like Alexander Hamilton. And, and, and he didn't. He, he would have at that time, Tammy, been looked upon by most people as a little person. In fact, he was anonymous when he wrote Common Sense, the pamphlet in 1776 that actually inspired all of those people that I just named. Every soldier in the American Revolution read Common Sense. George Washington kept a copy with him at all times and was inspired whenever he would feel downhearted, whenever he felt like the fight was too monumental against the largest standing army on the planet, the British Redcoats, he would read Common Sense. Thomas Paine just had a printing press in his, in his barn. There was no first amendment. There was no newspapers. There was no official publication of the American colonies. It was Thomas Paine, just a guy, Tammy. And he helped form this nation through his thoughts and through his words. Tammy, you're not a little person. You're doing every little thing you can to fight for our country and that includes calling into the mighty mark levin show and letting everybody hear you because i'll tell you what tammy what you just said about what you're doing for that guy in mall of america with t-shirts you've just inspired other people to do the same thing tammy you are not a little person this country was built on people like you
0: i hope i hope i do inspire other people to do it
2: (laughs) (laughs) well you inspired me tammy in georgia thanks for the call i want to hear about uh more of you more of you thomas Paines out there who we're using the tools that God gave you to keep this country the free bastion of liberty. It needs to remain. Otherwise, it's just all gone. We're all that's left. What are you doing? 877-381-3811. It's Larry O'Connor in for the great
3: one, Mark Levin. Mark Levin. If you've saved at least $100,000 for retirement, Augusta Precious Metals could help you protect it with a gold IRA. What makes Augusta Precious Metals different? They'll tell you not to buy a gold IRA if it's not right for you. No pressure, just facts. Retirees have it worse because there's no time to catch up when the value of what you've saved for decades is crashing. But you can protect yourself with physical gold from Augusta Precious Metals. If you have at least $100,000 saved in your IRA or your 401k, please call my friends at Augusta Precious Metals today. They'll send you a free gold IRA guide. Call 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Tell them I sent you and they'll pay all your fees for up to 10 years. That's eight seven seven four 4 gold ira Consult with your financial professional before making an investment decision, and visit AugustaPreciousMetals.com for risk disclosures.
2: You ever wonder why sports has become so political? You ever wonder why, you know, you want to escape? You want to watch some football? You want to watch some basketball? God forbid you watch some basketball, even tennis, and suddenly it's all about politics? I've got the answer to that question, and I'm going to tell you later on in the program. I'm Larry O'Connor. I'm sitting in for Mark Levin tonight. Mark is out. I'm the morning man on WMAL in Washington, D.C., and I'm thrilled to be uh, hitting this shift as well. And we're talking about the politicization of the Justice Department, how the Justice Department's been used as a weapon against mark Hauk, he's a symbol my friends the jury just acquitted him there was no wrongdoing but understand uh, that's not the point the, the fbi raided his home and arrested him at gunpoint in front of his children because he was praying in front of a planned parenthood abortion mill and and make no mistake that wasn't see you know he had said he would volunteer his attorney said yeah listen if you, you want to arrest him on the face actually we'll show up no they wanted that raid because they wanted to send a message to you if you're on the wrong side of these issues we're coming after you next that's what the justice department and the fbi have become sadly and uh, listen i, I want to be wrong prove me wrong let's have the good men and women of the fbi stand up and say what an abomination this was it was an abomination I want to talk to uh, Lynn in Utah. Lynn, thanks for jumping in here on the Mark Levin Show. I'm Larry O'Connor.
7: Thanks, thanks for filling in for the great one.
2: And uh, I appreciate you task. talking
7: about this subject. It, it, well, it's I, I appreciate you, you doing it. I know I wanted to bring up the fact that in our family, we're big hockey fans, and so we watch hockey games. And Ivan Provov, he's a Philadelphia Flyer. He's from um, Russia, and they were having Pride Night, and he said, look, he says, due to my beliefs, I don't yeah. want to wear the jersey or put the tape on my stick. I'll just stay inside. I'm sure you're familiar with the story. Oh, yeah. Well, because great. of one person standing up, one person standing up, the Ranger team said, we're not doing this on pride night. We're not wearing the jerseys and we're not doing this. We're not participating. Now, I doubt that would have happened had that one person stood up beforehand and said, no, this is against, against uh, who I am as a person and to stand up. So hopefully that gives people more incentive to, um, to say, no, this is, there's a certain time and place for this right now. We're just engaging in this. And, and I'm not criticizing because if somebody chooses to do something, but don't. Right.
2: Right. Everyone has their choice. That's what the hockey players said. It's funny, because I I didn't know you were going to bring up this case, but I am going to talk about politics and sports a little bit later. And you're right. All he said was, listen, everyone has a choice in this country, and then people have a choice. This is my choice. It's because of my faith, and I'm just choosing not to do it. And I don't want to say anything more about it. And, Lynn, you're absolutely right. All it takes is individuals to be able to do that. Not everybody can, and I get it, and I understand that. But for the people who do stand up for themselves, who do stand up for their principles, who do take a stand, and then they become... A target of the most powerful Justice Department on the planet, and they get trampled on and used and abused in this manner. Well, they they need to be celebrated. They need to be stood up, and we all need to stand up next to them, shoulder to shoulder, and say, I'm next. I'm Mark Hauk. I'm Spartacus. That's what's needed here, Lynn. And, and I appreciate the call out of Utah. Thank you very much. I don't, I don't have enough time to get to another call on this, at least. But stay on. I mean, it's a theme, and we're going to discuss this a little bit further. Like I said, we're going to talk about the uh, politics and sports. Uh, we're also going to talk about the latest Biden classified document drama. The scandal continues to grow. I'll say it. I'll say it right now. The walls are closing in on the Biden presidency. Although, I don't know if we necessarily want that. What with the whole prospect of President Kamala Harris right around the corner. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about Ron DeSantis uh, speaking out and defending himself against uh, the the latest comments from President Donald Trump. And we're also going to talk about Ilhan Omar, Eric Swalwell, and Adam Schiff, the three stooges of the House Democrats. That's all coming up. I'm Larry O'Connor. It's the Mark Levin Show.
0: Now broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark
1: Levin. It's Larry
2: O'Connor in for the great one, Mark Levin, tonight, eight seven seven three eight one. 381 3811. Thanks so much for joining the Mark Levin show. I am Larry Connor. I'm the Morning Man on WMAL in Washington DC, so I get to be the the first voice on the mighty WMAL Talk Radio station that is the uh, well it's the go-to talk radio station for everyone in the nation's capital. And that includes people who work on Capitol Hill, whether they're representatives, senators, or whether they're staffers. Frankly, the people who really do the hard work there. And uh, it's great to see Congress back in session right now and actually getting some work done, especially under Republican leadership. Uh, you, you'll remember, I think I was filling in for Mark Levin back in the in the fall. I can't remember. I think it was right after the election. Maybe it was before the election. And I, I had said at the time that. Even if it's a two-seat majority in the House of Representatives, it ended up being what five seats, six seats. Um, it's a game changer. It's, you know, everyone's like, "Oh, it should have been a twenty-seat." I agree, should have been a thirty-seat victory there. And uh, trust me, there's plenty of blame to go around, everyone's finger pointing. And I get it, I get it. But here's the the truth: when it comes to like legislation and actually getting things passed, you've all watched Schoolhouse Rock, you know. You know, if if you've got a two seat majority in the House and you pass a bill or if you've got a 40 seat majority in the House and you pass a bill, if the Democrats have the majority in the Senate and the Democrats in the White House, that bill ain't going anywhere. It's dead. It's dead. Even if you had a majority in the Senate, it's dead because Biden's going to veto it. You know that you know that. So you got your two-seat majority in the House. You got your 20-seat majority in the House. You got your 40-seat majority in the House. Ultimately, the big difference is not legislation. The difference is committees. The difference is who's in charge of the committee, who staffs the committee, who budgets the committee, and who gets to determine the priorities, the agendas for those committees, who grants subpoena power to those committees. And that's what we got with our five-seat majority. Now, listen, you know there was that fracas over who the Speaker was going to be. I Honestly, I didn't care who the Speaker was going to be. It makes no difference to me, <laughs> uh, considering the real interest that I have is in what these committees are going to do and who's chairing those committees. Uh, that said, as I mentioned in the first hour there, Congressman Chip Roy out of Texas, he joined this fight to extract some conditions from kevin mccarthy kevin mccarthy really wanted that gavel and he got it he did and he did the hard work to get it and he should be commended for it because that's how the legislative process works in a legislative body you got to wrangle people and you got to give a little you got to take a little and if you want it you need to do what it takes to get it and that's what mccarthy did one of the things he had to give up, one of the things that Chip Roy, the congressman from Texas, was intent on having was some representation on the Rules Committee. The Rules Committee? Who cares about the Rules Committee? I don't know anything about the Rules Committee. This is, this is an interesting and fascinating thing about Washington, D.C., because all the headlines and all of the, the video on primetime cable news programs it always gets dominated by the Judiciary Committee and the oversight committee and the intelligence committee and sometimes armed services committee homeland security committee these are the committees that get all the attention and i get it but if you ask anyone who uh, works and lives in washington dc works in the federal government works on capitol hill you ask him what's the most powerful committee in the house of representatives and without even hesitating they'll tell you it's the rules committee that's why it was important that's why chip roy of texas wanted to make sure that the conservatives in the Republican Party, the people who are trying to get some very real reforms not just lip serviced, but actually committed to. Because I understand something. I, I know and listen, I don't know Kevin McCarthy personally, I've never met the man. I'm sure he's fine. But when he stands up and says, I promise if you make me speaker, we're going to go back to regular order and we're going to have a regular budgetary process. and We're going to have a regular appropriations process and there's going to be no backroom deals and no omnibus spending and no continuing resolutions and all those things. He could be 100 percent telling the truth and he could be 100 percent earnest. The problem is we've heard it before from really truthful, earnest guys like John Boehner. I'm old enough to remember John Boehner in 2010 saying make me Speaker of the House no more omnibus no more continuing resolutions no more backroom deals we get back to regular order committee hearings budgets appropriations the way Congress is supposed to work Speaker Ryan said the same thing never happened so God bless Chip Roy for saying yeah you know what promising us ain't enough here's what we need delivered and then you get your gavel. And, 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 and I'm not being trite when I say God bless Kevin McCarthy. He did what he wanted to do to get what he wanted. And I got to say, so far, it's not just for me. I, I've interviewed several congressmen on and off the record over the last three weeks. They're thrilled with how Speaker McCarthy is conducting himself. But let's get back to that rules committee for a moment. Because this is something you won't see on your regular cable news station because it's not sexy. See, so you don't come to the Mark Levin show for sexy. Well, I mean, see, now that could come out the wrong way. That's that's that that's no, <laughs> that's no slam against Mark. I find the man to be incredibly sexy. Oh no, wait, see now that didn't come out right either. All right, let me just move on. Chip Roy, congressman from Texas, happens to be on the Rules Committee today. See, one of the things that happens on the Rules Committee is that uh, members of Congress get to come in, and they actually. Uh, engage in uh, back and forth and almost like a committee hearing sort of uh, a questioning like a testimony before the rules committee for various things and agenda items they have about how the legislative session should work I know it's dry stuff right that's why it doesn't make the sexy news reel on cable news well Chip Roy found himself on the rules committee today in the majority facing off with the ranking member the ranking member is like the the, the top ranking Democrat who happened to be Maxine Waters. And well, you need to hear this because if if getting Chip Roy on the Rules Committee was the trade-off for Kevin McCarthy getting the gavel, I think after you hear this exchange, you'll be pretty happy with that deal.
1: Now, we can go around and around in circles about trying to talk about and defining socialism, but at, 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 a, at its core, I was intrigued by an op-ed that I saw not too long ago uh, by a Democrat from Cuba commenting on one of our colleagues, an avowed socialist, um, and, and essentially pointing out the extent to which uh, democratic socialism is a lot like the system my family fled, except its proponents promise to be nicer when seizing your business. And that's the truth. That's the truth here. And so we can talk about these terms as if they don't matter, but they do. They do matter. They're they're actually at the core of who we are. I've got one question for for the ranking member. uh, Ranking member Waters, in a 2008 hearing, you said, quote, and guess what this liberal will be all about? This liberal will be all about socializing, would be about basically taking over the government and the government running all of your companies, end quote. Simple question, do you stand by that statement? Now I'm gonna I'm gonna let
2: Maxine Waters finish. You need to hear how she responds to this and what this exchange is. But the fact that this question was even asked of Her Royal Highness Maxine Waters, who I mean I'm told that you know if you're a low level staffer on Capitol Hill and you you know erroneously make eye contact with her in the hall, you're on the you know what list. She 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 preens around that place like she owns it. And the fact that this upstart little Chip Roy from Texas dares to use her own words against her and challenge her notion when she was bullying corporations and threatening, as a Democrat, to use the power of the federal government to take over their businesses. The fact that the question's even asked is something you never see from even Republicans. Because you know they go along to get along. So now here's Maxine Waters trying to you know, oh, and she's not quick on her feet. Let's face it. Here she is trying to respond to this because they're her own words.
5: Simple answer.
2: I love it. Starts. She starts off by saying simple. Now I don't know about you. Whenever you confront your kid with something and you've got them dead to rights, all right, what, yes or no? Because the question is yes or no. Do you still stand by those words? You know, when you threaten to use the power of the federal government to take over private corporations, do you stand by those words? Simple answer would be either yes or no, right? And you, you know, whenever you get your kids, you've got them dead to rights and you know you got them. And they know you got them. And they still try to weasel out of it. And they say, simple answer. And then they give you anything but what would ever be described by a sentient human being as a simple answer it's just you you're like you're stern with your kid but you're trying to hold back the laughter because it's just laughable that's what we're about to hear here's maxine waters who begins her response with simple answer okay Maxine, let's hear your simple answer
5: i am here today (laughs) in this rules committee because we're taking up time uh, with basically a non-issue first of all you claim that socialism has engulfed this country that it keeps creeping it's going to take over private uh, businesses etc etc that is not happening we're in a democracy that we're trying very much to save and to not have (laughs) disrupted, undermined in the the, way that-
1: So then, reclaiming my time, time, the general lady denounces your previous statement then and do not accept that previous statement that you think you would take over these private businesses? I'm not a socialist,
5: I'm a capitalist, and I commit to you that I am here to save social security, to save Medicare, to save seniors and veterans and for some of you who have adopted certain kind of ways that you support what you now claim is.
2: Remember how this was a simple answer, <laughs> but at least he got her on the record to say she's not a socialist. I mean, now she's on AOC's bad side, right? AOC is going to come up with what's wrong with being a socialist. Bernie Sanders is going to meet her in the hallway on the way to the bar. But do I do you want to throw me under the bus, what's wrong with being a socialist? You got a problem with being a socialist? Maxine, I thought we were friends.
5: Socialism. I'm here to say to you, come
1: on. So, so, the, so this liberal will be all about socializing, will be all about basically taking over and the government running all of your companies. You, 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 you disagree with that? You, you now denounce that statement?
5: I am not a socialist. Okay. All
1: right. So I I appreciate um, the response. I I, I think that to the the extent that one has a concern as a member of this body or as an American watching this, one has concerns when we hear statements like this, and that's not the only one, um, and statements by some of our colleagues on the other side of the aisle, extolling the virtues of socialism, as I just pointed out, um, a a nicer way of confiscating businesses, a nicer way of confiscating the assets and the means of production.
2: Thank you, Chip Roy. A fine exchange and a fine moment in this only the third week of the 118th Congress. And thanks to the great guys at uh, Town Hall, where I write my columns, for grabbing that video. There's more to come. Great shenanigans happening. And things to put a smile on your face. Because there's there's enough people out there making you angry. There's enough people who make you want to, you know, punch the wall. Even people in my business who really sort of tend to dwell in that world. There are some things to smile about. They're not easy to find, but we'll find some more for you. I'm Lurie O'Connor, sitting in for the great one, Mark Levin. Mark Levin.
3: If one of your goals this year is to do business with companies who share your values, then hop on the Pure Talk bandwagon. Pure Talk, my cell phone company, is the antidote to woke wireless. That's why they're proudly veteran-owned why they proudly employ a U.S.-based customer service team, and why they refuse to spend their money on fake news networks. And I haven't even started talking about the service it kicks butt, one of the largest networks in the country. You're going to get blazing fast data, talk, and text for just 30 bucks a month. That's probably half of what you're paying Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile. Keep your phone, keep your number, and switch over in as little as 10 minutes. Plus, Pure Talk has a first month risk free guarantee. Try it, and if you're not completely happy with your Pure Talk service, you'll get your money back. Support a company that supports you. Go to puretalk.com and enter promo code LEVINPODCAST, Levin Podcast. That's L E V I N Podcast to save 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code LEVINPODCAST, Levin Podcast. L E V I N Podcast. Pure Talk is simply smart wireless
2: carry on my wayward son larry o'connor here sitting in for the great one mark levin 877-381-3811 uh dude, there's so much more ahead i, I want to get to this though i don't know about you I, i'm looking forward to the presidential primaries i'm looking forward to a great debate i think republicans have a great selection of candidates But, you know, there are a lot of people who think that Donald Trump should run unopposed, that Donald Trump is basically a de facto incumbent. Uh, I disagree with that. Uh, I, I, I think that he should earn the nomination again. And I think that he should engage in a healthy debate on the issues and who's best suited to be the chief executive with the other potential candidates, the people who put themselves out there to run against him. Here's my worry. And here's my concern. And I bet you have the same worry and the same concern. Republican Party has an incredibly deep bench. I mean, just for a second here, look at the Democrats. The Democrats threw everything they had at Trump in 2020, and the best they could do was reach into the crypt and pull out Joe Biden, right? And now you look who's waiting in the wings behind Biden, and you've got Kamala Harris is a absolute disaster. Pete Buttigieg Are they going to roll out Bernie Sanders again? I hear some people saying that Hillary should run again. That's how desperate they are. Everybody who was a failure and disaster in the Democrats' own primary last time around, we're now told are are perfectly poised to be the statesman-like new leader of the free world. You know, Elizabeth Warren. Andrew Cuomo, we were told, was ready until, well, let's just say he's not. I mean, who are they going to run? Gretchen Whitmer? John Fetterman? They're in trouble. Meanwhile, Republicans, you look at the potential candidates for president right now. There's a lot of names you can throw out there. All you've got to do is look at the governor of Florida, and you know that Ron DeSantis is an absolute president waiting to happen. Is it his time yet? I don't know. That's why you have a primary process. But I'm guessing you're like me. I'm guessing that you are, uh, you know, a Republican because it's the best of two bad choices. And if you want Republicans to do well and you want the party to be strong, you want everybody, even the people who don't end up winning the nomination to, you know, survive this process. And if Donald Trump really does want to run as an incumbent, then he should not necessarily run the way he ran in 2015 and 2016 when it was everyone against him and he had to sort of take a scorched earth approach to it. No, he should run like he's meant to be there and not bother himself by punching down. Here's the problem. He's already come out hard against Ron DeSantis. Well, today, Ron DeSantis replied, I want you to hear it and I want to hear from you. Are you worried about the same thing I'm worried about? 877-381-3811.
3: If one of your goals this year is to do business with companies who share your values, then hop on the Pure Talk bandwagon. Pure Talk, my cell phone company, is the antidote to woke wireless. That's why they're proudly veteran-owned, why they proudly employ a U.S.-based customer service team, and why they refuse to spend their money on fake news networks. And I haven't even started talking about the service it kicks butt. One of the largest networks in the country, you're going to get blazing fast data, talk, and text for just. 30 bucks a month. That's probably half of what you're paying Verizon, AT&T and T-Mobile. Keep your phone, keep your number, and switch over in as little as ten minutes. Plus Pure Talk has a first month risk-free guarantee. Try it, and if you're not completely happy with your Pure Talk service, you'll get your money back. Support a company that supports you. Go to PureTalk.com and enter promo code LEVINPODCAST, Levin Podcast. That's L E V I N Podcast to save 50% off your first month. That's PureTalk.com. Promo code LEVINPODCAST, Levin Podcast, L E V I N podcast. Pure Talk is simply smart. Carter, wireless. Mark Luffin, an unapologetic patriot and unapologetic constitutionalist.
8: You can reach him at 877-381-3811.
2: Larry O'Connor sitting in for the great one, Mark Levin here, and I want to talk about presidential politics here uh, on the Republican side of the ticket. By the way, I just uh, went through the laundry list of losers that are lining up for the Democrat nomination when Joe Biden announces he's not running in 24, and and he's not running in 24, by the way. Uh, and I forgot Gavin Newsom. I forgot Gavin Newsom. Forgive me. I apologize. Gavin Newsom, of course. he's He's perfect. Can you, can you imagine what his campaign slogan will be? I'll do for the country what I've done for California. I, I guess that includes having to dodge, you know, human waste on the sidewalks as you try to walk to a park that's full of hypodermic needles, criminals, and piles of more human feces. Uh, there you go. Gavin Newsom. Forgot about him. Meanwhile, on the Republican side of the equation, I mean, let's face it, the conversation right now, and, I, you know, no offense to Mike Pompeo and Nikki Haley and Tom Cotton and, and Larry Hogan. All right, maybe a little offense to Larry Hogan, uh, but, but, uh, to any other Republican. But really, the conversation right now is Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis. And I don't know if Ron DeSantis is running. That's the thing. Ron DeSantis hasn't even hinted that he might be running. Nikki Haley is out there hinting like crazy. Uh, Mike Pompeo was hinting like crazy, right? Larry Hogan is like spending – he spent all his time in New Hampshire, right? Uh, and speaking of New Hampshire, Governor Sununu up there uh, is making vibes that he might be running. Sanders hasn't said a damn thing about running. But uh, Donald Trump over the weekend uh, had, had a lot to say about him, suggested he was a globalist and he was in bed with Club for Growth, look into his past – He wouldn't have won if it weren't for me. By the way, I mean, here's the thing. It's kind of a mixed message, isn't it? He's like, he's got a really dirty past, and he's a globalist, and he's in bed with Club for Growth. But, you know, I endorsed him. Look into his past. Wait, didn't you look into his past when you endorsed him? You know what I mean? I'm trying to square this circle. It's like, this DeSantis guy is bad news, and he wouldn't have won if I hadn't endorsed him. Wait a minute. If he's bad news, why did you endorse him? Right? I mean... That's the problem. I mean, if you think about it, if, if Trump does what he did in 2016, everybody's going to be the enemy. Everybody will be, you know, it, it's scorched earth. If it's not me, I'm going to take everybody else down. Right. And so, I mean, and, and let's face it. And, and I know you may say, well, that's just politics. Yeah. let Let's be real here. Marco Rubio. I don't think I don't think Marco Rubio will ever recover politically. I know Jeb Bush won't. Ted Cruz, I think, has done a really good job of rehabilitating his profile as much as he can from the attacks from Donald Trump, but but if he decides to run against Trump, forget it. Right? And see, I want the Republican Party to continue to have a deep bench. I want there to be options after the next four years of Donald Trump, should he win. And, And I also feel like that's part of the implied threat here. If you challenge me I will try to destroy you, right? And here's the problem. I mean, every viable person that could, other than Larry Hogan, who isn't a viable candidate. Let's face it. Set the former governor of Maryland aside for a minute. Who? Who? Uh, by the way, Larry Hogan. I, I. I. I live in Maryland. Larry Hogan's been my governor for the last eight years. All right. And this is heartfelt, earnest advice to Governor Larry Hogan, who has obviously made it known that he wants to be president if larry hogan wants to be president and he really really wants to be president he should run as a democrat i'm not joking i think he would i think he would have a better shot if he ran as a democrat you know the way he governed (laughs) all right set that aside for a minute anybody who's a viable option to donald trump That might run in the primary was either a member of Trump's cabinet or was a governor or senator that Trump endorsed and campaigned for. So how can Trump say they're they're the lowest form of dirt and they're globalist and they're corrupt and they're do nothing and they're losers if he at some point in the last five, six years has been partners with him. How is he going to say Pompeo was a loser when Pompeo was shoulder-to-shoulder him for the Abraham Accords? How can he say Nikki Haley is a disaster when he appointed Nikki Haley to the United Nations and supported her the entire time? Do you see my point? But he will... He will. I just had, you know, I, I have a television show on Salem News Channel, and I just had uh, Sebastian Gorka. I love Sebastian Gorka. He's a great guy. We've known each other for years. I had him on because he's very much, I call him my, my MAGA Sherpa. You know, I supported Donald Trump. I like Donald Trump. I voted for Donald Trump. God knows he was bet- a better option than Hillary Clinton, and I think he had a great presidency. I also think that this is a new campaign, and everybody needs to make their case to the voters. I'm, I'm, I'm old-fashioned that way. I don't believe in any coronation, okay? I don't believe I don't believe anybody deserves the nomination. I think people have to earn the nomination. And I had Sebastian Gorka on my TV show yesterday. I said, well, What was this all about? Why why is he going after DeSantis? DeSantis hasn't said anything. DeSantis hasn't done anything. I, I thought Trump just punched back. Well, there's a whole lot of punching going on, and I don't see DeSantis throwing any. And and I love Seb Gorka, and, and he said, he said, listen, imagine what it's like for Trump right now. You know, he he's he's the America First guy. He was president. He should have been reelected. He was robbed. He wants to run again. It was a. It's been a disaster since he was in the White House. And now you got this upstart. You got as as Seb Gorka called uh, Ron DeSantis the mini me, the mini mega me, who's really just you know he's aping Trump's shtick. He's only there because Trump helped him and supported him and endorsed him. And uh, you know that, and 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 the implication was, and I am, um, I, Seb didn't say this, Seb Gorka did not say it, but I'm inferring it from what he said, is that it's 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 disrespectful for DeSantis to even run. In fact, Seb did say this on my show. He said uh, it's disrespectful that DeSantis hasn't stepped out and said, "Hey, I'm not running for president. Stop putting my name in the mix." Donald Trump should be our nominee. It's disrespectful that DeSantis has refused to step aside and endorse Donald Trump. I mean, listen, you take that for what it's worth. But I want you to hear how Ron DeSantis responded today. And I want to hear from you at 877-381-3811. Do you agree? Do you think that it's Trump's and everyone should step aside? And if DeSantis wants to be president, he should wait his turn for four years? Or do you think, no, game on? And by the way, there's another option here, too. On the game on front, do you want Donald Trump to not destroy every other candidate (laughs) that might be running against him? Especially considering, you know, anyone else who's going to run is either somebody that he wholeheartedly endorsed and expressed love and affection for, or even, you know, appointed and put on his cabinet to be a part of the Trump administration. Do you think maybe he should not Tell us what losers they are, considering, you know, he's worked with them and supported them in the past. I'd love to hear your take. 877-381-3811. Here's Ron DeSantis and how he responded to the latest remarks from President Trump.
9: Well look, what I would just say is this. Um I roll out of bed, I have people attacking me from all angles. It's been happening for many, many years. And if you look at the good thing about it though, is like if you take a crisis situation like COVID, you know the good thing about it is when you're an elected executive, you have to make all kinds of decisions. You got to steer that ship, and the good thing is is that the people are able to render a judgment on that whether they reelect you or not. And I'm happy to say, you know, in my case, not only did we win re-election, we won with the highest percentage of the vote that any Republican governor candidate has in the history of the state of Florida. We won by the largest raw vote margin, over 1.5 million votes than any uh, governor candidate has ever had in Florida history. And in fact, we almost doubled the previous record, which I think was like 780,000 vote margin. And so what I would just say is uh, that verdict has been rendered by the people of the state of Florida.
3: All right. So
2: there you go. That was DeSantis' response. By the way, I'm going to throw one other thing out there and then we'll take your calls at 877-381-3811. Um, I wish Donald Trump responded to challenges more like that. See, that's Ron DeSantis saying, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to get involved in punching back and, and attacking a fellow Republican or any of my critics. I'm just going to show you the scoreboard. Okay? Take a look at the scoreboard. Um, there's something very mature about that. There's something very refreshing about that. And see, he could walk away and still work with the guy who was here's my question. You know, every – if Donald Trump wins the nomination, he's going to need to win the state of Florida. That means it would be really useful to have Ron DeSantis campaigning for him in the general election. How exactly does he do that now? Now that he's called him a capitalist, or excuse me, a globalist and and a shill for the Club for Growth and someone who has a dirty, murky past who can only win with Trump? Yeah. Who's going to win a bigger margin in Florida right now? Trump? Or Trump with DeSantis campaigning for him? Is it really a wise political move? And I recognize this is who he is. I recognize it's his nature. And I recognize it worked last time. My question is, are you okay with it again? 877-381-3811. Let's start with Bill in Billings, Montana. Bill, I'm Larry O'Connor. You're on The Mark Levin Show.
10: Yeah, thank you for having me on, Mister O'Connor. I'll try and keep it short. I, I just don't think uh, a that uh, Trump can't beat Biden. You know, he lost he lost uh, in the last election. Biden will go into this one stronger than ever. And
3: um, wait, Biden, why do you uh, think
2: Biden's stronger than ever? Biden has a, a lousy economy. He's got a a, a horrific track record. Uh, but by the way, I don't even think Biden's running. He's also got he's going to be plagued by scandal. How In what way is he stronger now than he was back when he was a mystery two years ago?
10: Well, because when he was a mystery, he was still plagued by scandal. He was a joke going into it, and none of that mattered. The apparatus that got him elected has now cemented itself in the, judicial, uh, the judiciary. Oh,
2: uh, oh, well, well, all right. So, so, so uh, Biden isn't stronger. You're just saying the infrastructure that protects Biden is stronger. Yes. All right. Well, I, I guess on I, that, 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 I might agree. All right, Phil. But, who do you, but so you don't care, you don't think it matters who the Republican nominee is. You think the fix is in anyway?
10: Uh, no. No, I think that DeSantis will beat Trump in the primary easily. Um,
2: well, he may beat Trump, but I don't think anybody's going to beat Trump easily. I think it's going to be a brawl. I
10: think it will be a brawl, but Trump couldn't debate biden successfully and desantis is very very different and when those two are on a stage side by side um I, I think i don't think trump will exit the stage as a viable candidate i really don't
2: all right bill we'll see i don't know about that I, I'll, I'll say that because i've heard that before the the bill thank you for the call i, I the person who underestimates donald trump's ability to win an election. Uh, we'll live to regret those words, I think. And I've heard it before. Oh, when Trump gets on the stage with all those professional politicians, they won't be able to stand up to him. Oh, well, now that a bunch of the candidates are away and it's just going to be, you know, mano a mano, or I guess it was mano a mano a mano because that ridiculous John Kasich stayed in. But but now that it's really just going to be Trump versus Cruz, Cruz is going to, you know, clean the floor with him in the debates. And I, you know, and I love Ted Cruz. But here's the thing. You're right. DeSantis is a strong politician. He's also never, ever run against or debated somebody like Donald Trump. All right, what do you think? eight seven seven three eight one three eight one one. Let's face it, it's the conversation that every Republican's sorta of having, whether inside their own head with themselves or with the people they know and love. Uh, What do you think it's going to look like when it's Trump versus DeSantis? And uh, are you okay with Trump going after DeSantis before he's even declared? 877-381-3811. Larry O'Connor in for Mark Levin. Mark Levin.
3: If one of your goals this year is to do business with companies who share your values, then hop on the Pure Talk bandwagon. Pure Talk, my cell phone company, is the antidote to woke wireless. That's why they're proudly veteran-owned, why they proudly employ a U.S.-based customer service team, and why they refuse to spend their money on fake news networks. And I haven't even started talking about the service it kicks butt, one of the largest networks in the country. You're going to get blazing fast data, talk and text for just 30 bucks a month. That's probably half of what you're paying Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile. Keep your phone, keep your number, and switch over in as little as 10 minutes. Plus, Pure Talk has a first-month risk-free guarantee. Try it, and if you're not completely happy with your Pure Talk service, you'll get your money back. Support a company that supports you. Go to puretalk.com and enter promo code that's Levin Podcast. that's L-E-V-I-N-PODCAST, to save 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code LEVINPODCAST, L-E-V-I-N-PODCAST. Pure Talk is simply smart. Smarter wireless.
2: Larry O'Connor in for the great one. Mark Levin, we're having the conversation most Republicans are having, and that is what's this presidential primary going to look like? Should Trump run unopposed and as an incumbent? Doesn't look like that's going to happen. He's going to have some challenges. And if it's Ron DeSantis, well, do we run the risk of Trump? kind of ruining him for any future options I mean he's already come out this week and called him a globalist in bed with the uh, the club for growth that he wouldn't have won if Trump hadn't helped him he called him Ronda sanctimonious said that he wasn't that good during covid he locked down let's not forget and all that stuff and I I, I want a strong Republican party that goes well beyond just the next four years. I understand it's going to be a robust debate but uh where do you stand on this where it stands right now eight seven seven three eight one three eight one one how about uh julia in myrtle beach south carolina where the president just was kicking off his south carolina operations there for the 2024 election hey julia
7: hey how are you doing
2: good good what do you think of this one
7: what do i think of what you've been saying today
2: yeah yeah the whole desantis trump thing what was the question well, well uh, J- Julie, Julia, I got I, I need you to jump right in here. It was about to say you told the screener you want to talk about DeSantis and Trump. You said that uh, DeSantis should stay in Florida right now. Remember, I don't
11: think that he's ready for
7: it. Are you, you there or ready? are you talking to yourself?
2: No, I am mean, talking don't. Think to he's ready. You I think
12: he's-
2: All right. All right. We're having a connection problem. Julia doesn't think DeSantis is ready. He should stay in Florida. It's Trump's turn. Yeah. OK, fine. I hear that. Here's the problem. Trump's already starting to attack him in such a way that he might not even get a chance next. time. This is what bothers me, honestly. And I know that you might be, you know, if you're a big supporter of Trump, you got to hear me here. This is not anti-Trump. But if you want Ron DeSantis to be able to run four years from now, which a lot of people, I think, do, whether he runs now or not, you got to be a little concerned that Trump's already sort of defining DeSantis as sanctimonious globalist in bed with Club for Growth. And uh, uh, incapable of winning anything unless Trump gives him the blessing. That's what he said. And DeSantis has said nothing, let alone announced he's running. Brandon in California. Let's go, Brandon. You're next up.
12: Hi, Larry. Hi, Larry. Hi. Thank you for uh, having me, first off. But uh, second I I really am baffled by, you know, the actions that Trump's taken, especially against someone strong like DeSantis, you know, someone who's proven, someone who has consistent uh, conservative leadership that attracts a lot of people, not only just on the Republican side, but also, uh, you know, across the aisle. You know, look at his win in Florida, you know, him winning Palm Beach County, Miami-Dade, you know, Hillsborough, stuff that hasn't been won in, you know, a decade, decade and a half. Um, I'm going to try to keep this short, but the biggest thing here is that people like trump and then people who support him you know he's not he his policies are not bad you know I, he brought me across the aisle uh, back when he first ran but this was eight years ago you know times are not the same this is not the same environment that we are you know that we were in 2016 and a lot of people are failing to grasp that especially you know trump included you know you can't you can't run on election denial you can't run on uh culture war issues that aren't as relevant as they used to be you know he's already lost once in 2020 you know.
2: All right, Brandon. Listen, thank you. I'm glad your voice was out here. I disagree with a lot of what you said. I agree with some of it. That's what makes the world go round. One more hour to go. Keep it here. It's Larry O'Connor in for Mark Levin.
3: in at checkout fastgrowingtrees.com code levin offer is valid for a limited time terms and conditions may apply please visit fastgrowingtrees.com for details He's
0: he's here he's here Now broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin.
2: It's Larry O'Connor sitting in for the great one. Mark Levin marks out today. I'm in for him. I'm the morning man on WMAL Washington, D.C., the mighty talk radio station finest talk radio station in the country i uh, no offense to the station you're listening on now if it's not wmal but come on i mean we're the we're the definitive word in news politics and entertainment in your nation's capital in washington dc there's no competition we are it we've trounced everybody else it's mark levin station has been since the day he began and it's uh, great to be here on his program Tonight, uh, if you want to join our conversation, we got a lot to say. I'm going to do what I can to get you in 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. We've got the three stooges of the House Democrats, uh, Ilhan Omar, uh, uh, Adam Schiff, and Eric Swalwell uh, coming up in a little bit. Uh, I want to shed a little bit of different light on, uh, I'm sure you saw the interview that they gave to Dan and Bash on CNN. I want to share that with you. I also want you to hear this testimony, incredible, compelling testimony from Richmond, Virginia, yesterday in a hearing about a bill that that merely says that a government-run school cannot keep a parent out of the conversation and keep secret issues as sensitive as their own child's sexuality and gender. Because, and I know everybody says, oh, well, if, if parents don't intervene and, and or excuse me, if teachers don't intervene and the schools don't intervene and parents are are brought into this thing, that can be dangerous for the children. You're going to hear a story about how doing just that ended up being incredibly dangerous for the child. The fact that the school refused to share information about a child's gender identity with her parents ended up with gang rapes and sex trafficking and horrific results, and it's the school's fault. So we're going to share that story with you coming up in a little bit. But first, what happened to Jim Crow 2.0? What happened to voter suppression? What happened with Georgia being ground zero for the new Bull Connor, for the new fire hoses at the polling places, for the poll tax to Jim Crow 2.0? What happened to all of that? Don't forget, never forget, this was Joe Biden in Georgia last year doing what Joe Biden has done his entire political career. Dividing Americans along political lines and along racial lines. I oh I know. Oh, he's good old he's just nice old Uncle Joe, and he's just, you know, good for a laugh, and he'll pat you on the back and he'll tell you a yarn and he's just an Irishman and he'll share a beer with him, and he's just a good old guy. Yeah, you ask Clarence Thomas what a good guy Joe Biden is. You ask Robert Bork's family what a good guy Joe Biden is. You go back and look at this man's career. He has always been one of the meanest, nastiest, partisan, divisive SOBs in Washington, D.C. And last year, there he was, using the bully pulpit of the presidency to divide us once again. Divide us on race, divide us on political parties. Don't forget, Jim Crow 2.0.
6: Last year alone, 19 states not proposed but enacted 34 laws attacking voting rights. There were nearly 400 additional bills Republican members of state legislatures tried to pass. And now, Republican legislators in several states have already announced plans to escalate the onslaught this year. Their end endgame, to turn the will of the voters into a mere suggestion, something states can respect or ignore
2: by the way i'm I'm gonna let you finish biden uh worse than this being so divisive and so vitriolic and so hateful and that he's doing it in georgia he also delivered this speech this speech the location for this speech was at morehouse college a historically black college in atlanta georgia to a predominantly if not all black college don't forget this is the guy who said mitt romney was going to put you all back in chains oh he's just a good old funny joe he's just a nice guy he's he's he always works with republicans he reaches across the aisle he loves about no he loves republicans he'll do whatever he wants which ironically is mitt romney now but back in 2012 when mitt romney was threatening to win the white house he was a racist who was going to put black people back in chains that's what joe biden called him this is nothing new for him this is what he's always been all right so let's hear him
6: finish jim crow 2.0 is about two insidious things voter suppression and election subversion it's no longer about who gets to vote it's about making it harder to vote it's about who gets to count the vote whether your vote counts at all.
2: Let me just say something. Every single bill that Democrats put forth that they call, uh, you know, we call them voter integrity laws to ensure that only people who are legally entitled to vote vote, that the chain of custody of those secret ballots are sound and secure and only valid ballots are counted in a proper methodical way so that there is no opportunity for fraud. That's what voter integrity is. And anyone who cares about free and fair elections should want those things. But for, you know, this Jim Crow 2.0, it's really about who, who gets to vote and who gets to count the votes. Let me just be clear. That's exactly what every Democrat's law is when it comes to elections. Every single election law that Democrats pass are also about who gets to vote and who gets to count the vote. No difference. Except that Republicans, for the most part, put forth laws that actually ensure that both of those things are secure and legitimate. All right. So Jim Coy 2.0, you just heard him. You've heard him about it. It's all about voter suppression. It's all about denying the vote. And again, and the and, and the implications, not even an implication. He's just said it. This is about keeping black people from voting, keeping black people from voting. That's what it's all about. It's about keeping those black people down. You know, just like we Democrats have always done. Oh, he left that part out of the speech. So now here we are, a few months after the Jim Crow 2.0 laws in Georgia were put in place. And we have a brand new Pew Research poll here, written by uh, my colleague Spencer Brown over at Town Hall. Again, Town Hall knocking it out of the park. You remember that those laws actually compelled... Major League Baseball, in one of the most disgraceful things you will ever see. They pulled the All Star game out of Atlanta in response to the election integrity laws that were put in place. Coca Cola, longtime corporate headquarters in Atlanta, spoke out against it. American Airlines, Delta Airlines, United Airlines all spoke against it. Jim Crow 2.0. Well, Pew Research poll is in. So what actually happened in Georgia's election that just happened under Jim Crow 2.0? Election integrity, election security. You know, laws that make it harder to cheat but still make it easier to vote. Number one, the turnout was through the roof. We already know that. We saw that. But even more than that, what percentage of black voters had trouble voting in Georgia in 2022? What percentage? Was it 5% of black voters said that they had obstacles in their way? 10%? 2%? 3%? How about 0%? Have you ever seen a poll where, where the answer is 0%? You could ask... Americans. If Elvis Presley is alive, and you'll get more than 0% to say, you betcha he's alive. This new poll from Pew Research. Oh, excuse me. It's not Pew Research. I apologize. It's the University of Georgia. Even better. 0% of Georgia's black voters had a poor experience casting a ballot in the midterm elections. 0%. That would be Jim Crow 2.0 in action. And then there's this item from Jim Garrity at National Review, my pal Jim. Yeah, the Jim Crow 2.0 laws were so horrible that Major League Baseball was encouraged by people like Stacey Abrams and Joe Biden to pull the All-Star game to try to make change to make it that's what they do they use corporations see they don't use the electoral process they they say they're democrats and they want the democratic process this is not the democratic process this is the literal definition of fascism they use the power of the government to influence a small handful of of corporate titans to do their bidding for them so they're angry that the democratic process of electing representatives in georgia resulted in those representatives in the state legislature and the, and the georgia governor brian kemp of passing and signing in laws that they disapprove of they're so angry that the democratic process ended up with that result that then they pull aside the commissioner of baseball and a couple of ceos and say hey you put pressure on the state so that they reverse this you know threaten them threaten them with financial losses because of these laws and that'll get them to change their law that they're Democrats, Democrats, they're fascists. That's fascism. Call in a handful of well-connected corporate Titans and have them do your dirty work. No blood on their hands. So Georgia is so racist and so horrible. And so Jim Crow era, so segregationist, that Major League Baseball is compelled to move the All-Star Game. And yet now we get this from Jim Garrity at National Review. Turns out that Georgia can't be the home of the All-Star Game of Major League Baseball, but it might very well be the home of the Democratic National Convention in 2024. Can I repeat that for a moment? Democrats vilified the people of Georgia, called them racist, called them segregationists, called them Bull Connor, called them. that th- And when I say Democrats, I mean all of them, including the president of the United States. Saying that the people of Georgia just enacted Jim Crow 2.0 voter suppression racist. And they were so bad that American Airlines and Delta and Disney. Oh yeah, remember Marvel Comics? They do a lot of their movies there in Atlanta. Disney, they're going to pull all of their studios from there. They're not going to make any more movies there. Coca-Cola, you all have to boycott Georgia because of Jim Crow 2.0. 0% 0 of black voters in Georgia had a poor experience. And now it was so bad that everyone needs to pull out. But Democrats now. are urging specifically Virginia and Louisiana Democrats are urging their party to hold their 2024 national convention in Atlanta. Southern Democrats are banding together to urge president Joe Biden to select Atlanta for the 2024 democratic national convention. According to a letter obtained by NBC news, arguing the choice would solidify the party's gains in Georgia and demonstrate a commitment to the entire region. Atlanta is one of the three finalists to host the convention along with New York city and Chicago. Easton was also in the running until recently. Its mayor has now joined Atlanta's bid, adding his name to the letter. And I I have a question for you. It's going to be Atlanta. There's no way they're going to pick New York. There's no way they're going to pick Chicago. There's no way. There's no possible way. It is going to be Atlanta. It is absolutely going to be Atlanta. Which member of the media will ask the question? which reporter, which TV news host, which, which host of these boring Sunday shows that have all the same guests and all the same pundits and ask all the same questions and use all the same tropes and all the same cliches, Which one, will it be George Stephanopoulos who says, hey, I thought, I thought Atlanta was uh, Jim Crow 2.0. I thought Atlanta couldn't have the Major League Baseball All-Star Game. And now you're putting your convention there? Uh, what, what happened? What changed? Who's going to ask that question? No one. Nobody will ask that question. There you go. That's your That's your modern-day Democratic Party. That's your Jim Crow 2.0. That's your divisive president, Joe Biden. But all will be forgiven, and they'll bring a bunch of money to Atlanta, and it'll be great, and the South will rise again. Never want to say those words with the Democrats. I'm Larry O'Connor, in for the great one, Mark Levin. Mark Levin. It's Larry O'Connor sitting in for the great one, Mark Levin. I have so much more to say. uh, I feel terrible because a lot of you are on hold and you want to get in here and uh, and I know how much you want to get in. Uh, how about uh, Robert in Florida? Jump in, in here, Robert. Thanks for holding your next up on the Mark Levin Show.
8: Yeah, Larry, just real quick. Uh, the spirit of what you're saying about the Dems, you know they're all oh, they're so kind, they care so much, but they can be evil and 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 based on and your asked question about what the Congress could, needs to do, I think they they need to make the Democrats pay for January sixth that whole lynching show trial they did, all the televised crap where they had one sided no cross examination the Republicans need to make them pay for that,
2: yeah I mean. You know, they what do you mean by make them pay? You mean do it right back to the... By, by the way, Robert, I don't know what show you're listening to. When, when did I ever say Democrats are so nice and their hearts are in the right place and they want to help people? Because I, I, I've never said Oh,
8: no, that. no. I say they're not. You, you were you oh. were talking before yeah. about how Joe Biden, on old Joe... Um, oh, no, he's
2: not. He's a terrible person. Point- terrible person. So how do you want to see them make Democrats pay for what they did in that kangaroo court of the committee?
8: See them be made to pay. I want... I want Cash Patel, I want them to show that with more police it would have never happened. I want to show the 10 minutes of video from Breitbart where the Democrats are not accepting elections. I want somebody refuting Cassidy Hutchinson. And I just want them to destroy the arguments.
2: So, you know what, I am with you, Robert. In fact, fact, listen, I'm not usually a tit-for-tat guy, but in this case, it's time for revenge. I want Kevin McCarthy to do exactly what Nancy Pelosi did. And that is to do a televised hearing to show th- what you didn't see in the January six hearings. And I don't want any Democrats on that panel. I want the entire thing to be dominated by Republicans. Oh, it was wrong when Democrats did it. You're damn right. It was wrong when they did it. And now it's time for equal time. they we're not, not going to swallow your pride. And say, oh yeah. Well, I won't, I won't stoop to their level. I won't do what they did. No, hell no. In fact, you're absolutely right they need to pay and 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 I want them I'm begging for them to come up and tell us how this isn't fair and then go back and look at every single committee hearing where every every Democrat had their say and not one not one Republic oh Liz Cheney please all right coming up what's really at stake here with parents schools and the transgender issue. Conner sitting in for the great one, Mark Levin. He is out today, and I I want to bring to your attention something that happened in Virginia yesterday. Uh, Although this conversation should be happening in every state in our country right now, as parents try to get back involved in how the government-run schools are are handled. Um, as you as I mentioned earlier, I'm the morning show host on WMAL in Washington D.C. I've got two great co-hosts, uh, Julie Gunlock and Patrice Anwuka, they both work with Independent Women's Forum. We focus a lot on parenting issues. Uh, we, we focus a lot on issues that uh, women care about, actually, um, as well, because it's a morning show, and uh, a lot of times it's, it's mom getting ready, you know, and getting the kids to school. And as the public schools in the Virginia, Maryland, D.C. area have been adopting these uh, transgender rights rules policies Uh, the conversation always seems to go the same way and that is as soon as parents start to object and when parents say hold on a minute you're going to tell me that a, a boy identifying as a girl is allowed to go into the girl's locker room go into the girl's restroom my daughter is shy she's 13 years old She's never been around boys in a situation like that. She doesn't want to be confronted with that. She shouldn't have to be confronted with that. She doesn't want to see a naked boy for the first time in the locker room of her school. This is wrong. The response usually is that you're a bigot that you don't understand that you don't deserve to voice such concerns. That if there is a problem and if your daughter has the problem, your daughter needs to seek therapy or some kind of sensitivity training or counseling. And if you try to press the issue, if we, you know, we've reached the point now where this is well beyond just pronouns and access to a bathroom. There is now legislation in place and there are policies in place even without that legislation in some places. Where, if a child goes to his teacher or a school administrator at a government institution understand something i i know your kid's teacher is the best teacher ever i'm not talking about mrs jones okay i'm talking about the professional educator class who have set up an infrastructure right now where if a child goes to them and says, I now want to identify as the opposite sex, as a different gender, and I'm going to change my name and I'm going to change my pronouns. Those professional educators and administrators will keep this a secret from you, from mom and dad. Because you're the problem, you see. And your child must be protected from you, from mom and dad. So if they want to go through a gender transition and identify as a different gender, you are kept out of this conversation for your pre pu- pu- prepubescent daughter and, and 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 any teacher educators, well, yes, you know, our experts tell us that's exactly what we should do. The experts tell us this because, you know, the pa- children get abused and if this thing is revealed to their parents then they they will be depressed and they'll face suicide. You This is how the conversation goes every time. And by the way, if you're one of those professional education and teachers and, and you've heard this and you think it's sound policy, could I just ask you something? If, if a student comes to you and says, please don't reveal my report card or my test scores or anything about my disruptive behavior in class or about my truancy, don't tell my parents about that because they'll spank me, they'll abuse me, they'll ground me, they'll be mean to me. Would you go along with that? I'm being serious. If you're a principal, if you're an administrator, if you're a teacher, this has nothing, and the student comes to you, it has nothing to do with their sex, their gender identity, their sexual preference, who they're attracted to, what names they want to call themselves, what pronouns they want to adopt. No, no, no. It's solely about their behavior and their academic performance. Don't tell my parents that I got detention. Don't tell my parents I got suspended. Don't tell my parents I got bad grades and did poorly on the test. Don't tell my parents that I didn't show up for school for a week without any excuse because I'll get in trouble. They'll punish me severely. Don't tell them that. Would you agree to that? Would you go along with that? Of course you wouldn't. Or, if there is a legitimate threat that a child is being abused at home, you just say, okay, well, we won't say anything. No, you would call the authorities. This child is being abused at home. This child came to me in desperate fear that if I told their parents about their failing score or their truancy, that they would get abused. You would intervene and call a third. But why is it because of this one thing, the pronouns and the different name and dressing like a boy instead of a girl, suddenly it's our little secret. We're not gonna tell, don't you worry, you can trust us with your secret. So the conversation always goes the same way. And finally, when parents or parents advocates say, no, the parents need to be a part of this conversation, you can't keep us out. You're told that by pressing that issue, More teenagers are going to commit suicide. So you must listen to us. You must do what we say. Otherwise, there will be dead children thanks to you and your bigotry. It is the most offensive, divisive, emotionally manipulative argument anyone can make. So yesterday in Richmond, Virginia, there was a hearing about a new law making its way through the legislative process in Richmond that would prohibit a school from keeping secrets like this from parents. It's called Sage's Law. Why is it called Sage's Law? Well, I want you to hear from Sage's grandmother, who has raised Sage since she was a little girl, since she was a baby. Sage's grandmother, Michelle gave this testimony, it was rather lengthy and I pulled a certain portion of it so you can hear it. Because all those administrators, all those experts, all those psychologists, all those therapists, all those social workers, all those teachers, all those professional educators who shame you and guilt you and point the finger at you and say, no, you're the bigot and you're going to cause children to commit suicide if you don't do what we say, if you don't let us keep a secret this intimate, this personal, and this significant from you, mom and dad, because you don't know your own child. We know your kid better. Every single one of them who tells you that, I want you to hear Michelle's story about her little daughter.
11: She wanted to wear boys' clothes and be emo. Because I saw it as just a phase, it was fine with me. But at school, she told them something different. She was now a boy named Draco with male pronouns, sage asked the school not to tell me and they did not tell me even though i informed them of her mental health history and medication
2: Uh, you can see the setup here and where this is going and i I want you to hear this entire thing because it's incredibly heart-wrenching and it's hard to hear and I want to warn you because it's it's incredibly um, disturbing when you hear what happened. But but understand something. As soon as that school says we will keep this secret, it creates a cascade, a domino effect of disasters. Because the school has promised not to reveal this secret.
11: ...did not tell me, even though I informed them of her mental health history and medication. If I had known, this would be a much different story. She was terribly bullied. No one told me, but boys followed her, touched her, threatened violence and rape.
2: Understand something. This child is being bullied. This child is being assaulted in the hallways. This child is being caught. But the school can't tell mom and dad about the danger... This child is facing in the classroom because they promise because the the parents were, why is she being bullied? What's going on? What's going on? And then they would have to tell the secret. So that one little promise to keep that secret. Ends up allowing this child to be bullied without any parent knowing about it. Imagine you were in this woman's shoes.
11: Something happened in the boys bathroom, but for two days, the school told me nothing. They kept meeting with Sage alone, and she became so distraught, they called me to pick her up. That evening, I found a hall pass labeled Draco, and Sage told me she was identifying as a boy, and that her counselor said she could use the boys' bathroom. She'd been jacked up against the wall by a group of boys. She was crying, terrified. I said, just stay home. We'll figure it out.
2: She was assaulted in the boys' room. The school knew about it. Now, your child is assaulted at school and they don't tell you about it. Why? Well, because you're going to say, well, what happened? Where was she? She was in the boys' room. What was she doing in the boys' room? Now, what do you do? Because you promised that you would keep this little secret. You see what's going on here, right? And again, the arrogance of these guys government bureaucrats who call themselves professional educators to stand in the way and say we know better for your own daughter you're the problem this is where these policies can lead oh oh but 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 you're just a bigot and your bigotry and your homophobia is going to cause teenagers to commit suicide so you've got to listen to us well listen to what happened Listen to what happened when you do what the professional educators say you're supposed to do.
11: That was my last conversation with Sage for five months. The night she ran, she thought to a young friend she'd met online. She left a note saying she was scared of what would happen if she stayed. The sheriff, FBI, search dogs were called in. I dropped to my knees in prayer. Nine days later, the FBI found her in Baltimore My baby had been lured online, sex trafficked by D.C., then Maryland. She was locked in a room, drugged, gang raped and brutalized by countless men. It was night. The FBI told us to pick her up in Maryland the next morning. We packed our cars with blankets and stuffed animals and and arrived by 8 a.m., but we were told we couldn't see her and were summoned before Judge Robert Kershaw late that afternoon. They didn't even tell Sage that we came for her. We finally entered the courtroom and Sage appears on a huge Zoom screen from a prison cell. She looks tiny and broken. And I cry out, I love you, Sage. Sage responds, I love you too, Nina. But attorney Anissa Khan rebukes us. She is a he and his name is Draco, not Sage. We were floored. What? Khan accuses us accuses us of emotional and physical abuse that we are misgendering her even though we just learned she claims to be trans and we're willing to use any name and pronouns to bring her home my husband was so tearful he kept forgetting the new pronouns so the judge had the bailiff remove him from the courtroom i was pleading for my child to be returned and treated for her unspeakable trauma judge kershaw told me if i used the word trauma again he would throw me out too
2: That's just part of Sage's story. Sage, by the way, um, is now back to identifying as a girl. And she is getting a lot better. And she's allowed her name to be lent to this bill, making its way through the Virginia legislature right now. Democrats are threatening to block the bill. Democrats right now don't want this to become a law. Democrats want the professional educators in your government run system, government employees, government functionaries, to stand in the way between you and your children and the truth because they know best. That's the conversation happening in the Commonwealth of Virginia right now. It should be happening in your state if it's not You need to call your state representative and find out why. I'm Larry O'Connor. This is the Mark Levin Show. Mark Levin. Larry O'Connor in for the great one. Mark Levin here. Hey, do you wonder why when you turn on ESPN, you think you're watching a political debate show on a cable news network? Do you wonder why when you sit down to watch a football game or, God forbid, a basketball game, you're just inundated with politics, whether it's something that's uh, plastered on the floor or the grass or the back of the helmet or the jersey or a political statement made by the commentators who are covering the game, it's you can't escape it. And the funny thing is, that's what sports is supposed to be. It's supposed to be an escape. You're supposed to actually escape the real world. You're supposed to escape your job and your troubles and sometimes even your family, so You could escape into sports just for a little while and certainly escape divisive political issues. You ever wonder why that is? Where did this happen? Where did everything go wrong? When did sports become so politicized? I know a lot of people think it's, you know, it's LeBron James and Colin Kaepernick and and Steph Curry and some of the coaches, and they're the ones they inject politics into oh, yeah, I, Maybe listen. These players certainly recognize that they can capitalize it, and they can g- get goodwill from the media and from Hollywood and from the reporters. But uh, it's the reporters. Let me. I'll, I'll, I'll cut to the chase. It's the reporters. Sports reporters are all leftists. Sports reporters go to the same journalism schools that political reporters go to, but here's the dirty little secret. Can I tell you the dirty little secret? They're not smart enough to cover politics. Look at Keith Oberman. He started as a sports guy. He somehow made the transition, but let's face it. He was better as a sports guy. Kind of a lightweight on politics, on government, on issues. They are all just as leftist as the people who report on on MSNBC, but they're just they're resentful that the fact that they have to cover you know box scores. They're bored with sports, and so whenever they have the opportunity, they inject politics into it. And it's not just here in America. I'm going to give you an example. This is a tennis player, Victoria azarenka she's from belarus and during the australian open apparently there was some controversy over the russian players and the belarusian players you know everything at every press conference had to be not about tennis not about the game not about the tournament but about ukraine and here she is responding to the reporters
5: i, I don't know what you guys want us to do about it like talk about it i i, I, don't, I don't know what's what's the goal here that um is continuously brought up and uh these incidents that in my opinion have nothing to do with players but somehow you keep dragging players into it so
2: and then the reporter comes in and it follows up and says yeah but is it a distraction is, is it hard for you to di-? and she's like you're the distraction i'm not i'm only distracted because you keep asking for example it was a
0: clear sort of pro-russian demonstration happening within the grounds of the tournament that these people are coming and using the australian open as a platform for for
2: these kind of demonstrations does that frustrate you She ends up saying, "No, I'm not I'm not distracted. You distract me. You reporters constantly trying to trap us and get us into this. Stop it. I'm an athlete. Let me play my sport. Thank you. More of that, less LeBron. I'm Larry O'Connor. Thanks for
10: listening to the Mark Levin show."